We are so thrilled to be partnering with Hinge. Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. As you all know, I'm a huge Hinge advocate as I met my partner of almost three years on the app. Even before meeting him, Hinge was always my go-to app because I met more relationship-minded people here and had some great dates. Clearly, I haven't been on the app for a little while, but I re-downloaded it to check out some of the new features. One that stood out to me was the voice prompt, my best friend's take on why you should date me, where your friend can hype you up. Not only does this make the profile creation less daunting, but it's not always easy to see your own green flags. So to test it out, I asked UA some fun prompts to get her take on what I could put if I was dating again. So the first one, how long have we known each other? What was your first impression of me and how has that changed? Julie and I have known each other for almost 10 years. My first impression of Julie was that she's very social, but I've learned that she has a lot more depth to her beyond the social butterfly that she is. My next prompt, what do you think are my green flags? I would say she's deeply loyal. She believes in love, curious mindset, and she is fearlessly ambitious. And then last but not least, what kind of friend am I? Julie is the kind of friend who will always have your back, no matter what. Damn, that feels nice to hear. So download Hinge and try voice prompts today. Then find someone worth deleting the app for. I love wine, but sometimes it can get really expensive, which is why I'm so excited that today's episode is brought to you by Last Bottle Wines. If you don't know, they're a Napa-based online wine shop with a twist. They offer just one hand-picked wine per day until it sells out, which is often an hour's. So new day, new wine, always at incredible prices. We're talking 30 to 70% off retail. And the best part is that there's no subscriptions, no fees, and no minimum purchase. Just a daily email with a really great wine. They're offering Datable listeners 10% off your first order with code Datable. And now is such a great time to join as their marathon sale is coming up on March 28th and 29th. They flip that one day rule on its head and offer back to back deals, which means that wines are only up on the site for a couple minutes at a time and shipping is 100% free. They send us a mini marathon package of some of their favorites and let me tell you, they were delicious. Sign up at lastbottlewines.com and use the code datable and find out why Last Bottle is the most fun way to discover and buy amazing wine. Hi, I'm Yui Shu. And I'm Julie Kraftchik. We're active daters turned dating sociologists. Here to dive into everything modern dating and relationships. Welcome to the Dateable Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome back to another episode of Dateable in our off-season, like we're professional athletes <laughs> training for the new season Clearly. to start. We're going to kick some ass. I like that analogy. Let's go with that. Right? We're professional podcasting athletes <laughs> training in the off season. Hey, we have endurance. We are now getting yes. close to season 18. That does not mean we've been running for 18 years, though. We often get that question. Eight years, not 18. Yes. That's still a freaking load of endurance. How many athletes can last 18 consistent seasons? Not many. <laughs> <laughs> a question to ask chat GPT. <laughs> I don't know any sports stats, so I'm just going to make it up and say top 10% of athletes can last more than 18 seasons. But it does feel like an endurance sport yeah. because we're constantly putting out content and we're constantly looking at new topics new guests and we're not running out of steam like we're just gonna keep going like the energizer bunny that's gonna say dating truly is the gift that keeps giving because 
there's no like age that you tap out anymore either. Mm. First of all, people are entering dating pools at all ages and life stages. But also, even when you do find your partner, we always say you never stop dating. And being dateable doesn't mean being single. It's a continued state of mind. Isn't that true? And whenever we tell people that we do a dating podcast, eyes just light up like Christmas. Seriously, people just go, what? Let me tell you about my situation. Or even if they're not single, Mm -hmm. everyone has a story they want to share and everybody has a topic they want to discuss. It's fascinating. I don't know if this has been happening to you, Yue, but recently I've been like seeing a lot of, you know, like maybe friends of friends, like friendly acquaintances, but not people I talk to regularly. And a lot of them are listening to the podcast. And we clearly don't know who's listening to the podcast. We just see numbers. We don't see names. (laughs) We won't be revealing that. And it's been like really nice to know that like people are here for the journey and they've been saying like how much it's been helping them and makes me feel really happy (laughs) you know what's funny is um so my new man friend doesn't has not listened well he just listened (laughs) okay because we were in arizona visiting my friend tina hey tina and at dinner she's like oh i listened to the latest episode about you and he was very intrigued (laughs) by what she was telling him about him so he went back and listened and he said there are some things that he would like to clarify not right now but in his head he was kind of thinking well i need to clarify this but the beauty of a podcast is once you put it out you put it out there so Uh The content's already out there. He approves of, and also there was nothing scathing or, you know, crazy details about him on that show. But it's funny that my friend Tina was the one regurgitating (laughs) details about him to him. I love so much of the story because I know that Tina is one of the number one fans. And she's like, you know, (laughs) not in the dating scene at all. I've met Tina before. She's amazing. And it makes me really happy when I hear about people like that, too. But also... Okay, for anyone that missed it, because this episode did air around the holiday season, and Mm. hopefully you've been staying on Dateable, but we understand if things got a little hectic. But it's okay, you can go back. It's the end of year wrap episode where we talk about breakups, new relationships is what UA is alluding to. She dropped a bomb on there. Is that like an old saying? I feel so old that I just said dropped a bomb. (laughs) I think is the bomb. I don't is know. The old saying, but I think you can still okay, drop. A I can bomb, still drop a bomb. Maybe not. Yeah. <laughs> maybe not. Actually. <laughs> maybe not. I don't think you can drop. I a feel bomb. like in Sorry. today's world, that's not a good thing to say anymore. Yeah. Let's okay. not. Nothing is related to bombs whatsoever. No bombs are going off. Okay. Yue shared some news. I'll reframe yes. it. She sh- shared <laughs> some you. news that she had a new man in her life is what you were referring to now. And I also shared about, you know, the next steps of my relationship and living together, mm-hmm. etc. So for anyone that missed it, go back. But I texted Yue right after. So we have our fabulous editor, Stefan, but... I listen to the episodes after he edits them just to make sure, you know, everything sounds good and don't have any feedback. Most of the times it's good to go. But with this one, I remember texting UA after and I was just like, I listened to this episode and it makes me so happy because you sound so happy. Yeah, You sound so different in the sense of like this 
it's almost like this like pressure has been lifted a little like you have this attitude of you know I want this to work I want this to go somewhere but like what's meant to be will be and I'm not trying to like push something down a road it's not meant to go but rather like see what happens and I feel like even from talking to you post trip your mindset feels different to me than it did even when you were in your last relationship yeah something we're trying in this new relationship is this renewal process like every few months we'll renew the relationship and we have an option to cancel if we want to and I don't know what's going on TikTok but I feel like that video that we did a a while ago about the six-month relationship is like going uh, quote-unquote viral like people are really catching up to this idea and I'm really double down that's the right term (laughs) on this idea because I think thinking about a relationship in six month increments makes it less daunting and makes you less tied to the outcome and it makes you more present in what you want to accomplish the next six months and even if you do not renew at the end of six months I've been telling my man friend this (laughs) it's that it shouldn't be a surprise it shouldn't be like let's do that big reveal is it a yes or no it should not feel that way you should you should be keeping each other updated the whole time. And whatever happens at the end of six months, it's like, okay, yeah, I knew that was coming. I always felt that way. It was like the worst is when you got blindsided and it just like out of nowhere, all of a sudden this person's breaking up with you and you think that it's on the right path. Like that was the worst. I remember saying that to my partner too. I'm just like, keep me in the loop. So like, there's no surprises if that happened. And, you know, I don't mean it like your relationship should be like under a microscope and you should be like constantly analyzing and seeing if there's red flags or if it's the right fit. But I do think like having a consistent check in with yourself Mm -hmm. and your partner because people do change or they do grow or maybe that's working better with your relationship or maybe it's not like having that constant viewpoint into it, I think is really healthy instead of just being like, okay, we made this commitment. We're just doing it for forever without ever like realizing if it's working for us. Right. We do everything else in sprints. Why can't we do our relationships in sprints? And that comes with those checkpoints and it comes with intentions and goals you want to set for yourself. I realize how much more powerful you can feel in a relationship if you're with the right partner, Mm -hmm. but how much more deflated you would feel if you're with the wrong partner. You can really go one trajectory or another. So I'd rather spend the next six months feeling extremely empowered with my partner and by my partner. And it like seeps into the other parts of your life too. I feel like if you're like with someone that's uplifting, like everything else in life feels easier. And then if you're not, yeah, quite the opposite. But I do think I really like this idea of sprints because, you know, people maybe that aren't in the tech scene, but that's like a very tech word. (laughs) I feel like I will forever have, you know, this engineering lingo of sprints in my mind. But yeah, you like commit to whatever it is in that sprint, you make it work. And then the next sprint, you figure out what's next, whether that's Mm -hmm. continuing on the same project or, you know, abandoning it and going for something different. And I think that really does make sense in terms of dating. And it really changes how we date, which ties into our episode 
episode this week. We're really excited to bring back one of our crowd favorites, Gabrielle Stone. This is us on her podcast. So it aired on her podcast, FML Talk, probably like six months ago at this point. It's been a bit, but we are excited to re-air it for all of our dateable listeners because we know not everyone, you know, knows all the podcasts we're on. So we like to bring them to you directly to your feed as well. Yeah, and she has definitely found a partner now who she feels energized by, who supports her in a way that she didn't feel with her previous partners. And the backstory, if you don't know about Gabrielle Stone, is she found her husband cheating and then she entered into another relationship where she fell madly in love. And then just a day before leaving for a trip with him, he broke up with her. So she went on this trip anyway, alone. And then that's where she wrote her book. Mm -hmm. She's very inspired by this reset in her life. And she decided she was going to do relationships totally different coming out of this solo trip. And that's exactly what she's done. And Look at the result. She was able to find a partner and not be so tied to the outcome, mm-hmm. but really just you know have gratitude for the the present moment that they have together and the life they are building together. She just had a kid with him, so it's a really like inspiring story. It energized me when I talked to her. When we talked to her, totally. And we had her on our podcast. You can always go back and hear her whole story. But on this episode, we go into dating because clearly that's what we love to talk about. She calls the episode playing the fucking dating game because all of her episodes have the F word in them. But, you know, I think there is some element of what does it mean to play the fucking dating game in 2024? Because I think when I hear like play the game, I think of like the game, the rules, like the really bad Mm -hmm. stuff. But the reality is like we are all in this dating scene and how do you make the most of it? I really like that trend that was kind of that was going around Instagram and TikTok of like dating ins and outs. And we put up some of our own, but I wanted to maybe take an opportunity to, you know, kind of go through both of what we think the parts of dating that are in and out of 2024 and also share some of the ones that our listeners submitted as well. Perfect. Okay. I'll do some of the highlights. So out would be the love languages. We don't want to be tied to anything so static. A numbers game, no more like lining up as many dates as possible. And then comparing your timeline to other people's. Mm. Other people's timelines may not be the right one for you. And some of the major ins for 2024 would be fluffing season, (laughs) out with cuffing season, and in with fluffing season, which is all about taking the time to fluff yourself up, to focus on yourself, self-love, self-care, and personal self-growth. And then also making the first move. Yes. This should no longer be a debate. (laughs) Who should make the first move? You should always try to make the first move. Like that's in your control. That's that main character energy, right? That we want. And then also designing a love life that works for you. DIY your own love life. No need to say, well, Susie's neighbor's coworker met her husband at Whole Foods. Like, Sure, that could have worked for other people, but what can you do for your own love life that you don't need to 
step in other people's shoes and walk their path. That's their life and not your life. I love the DIY, your love life. We're going to have a full episode about that maybe next week, but won't give too much away. Anyways, though, I think that also extends to dating. I hear this a lot. I was like talking to a friend the other day. We were actually watching a rerun of Millionaire Matchmaker. It is back on Netflix. What an amazing show. (laughs) Tangent. But anyways, there was something that happened on that show, something very superficial of how people were judging and my friend like made this comment of like well that's just like how dating works that's normal and I feel like this whole DIY your love life the relationship you want it's like it doesn't have to just be doing things because that's how it was like you decide Mm -hmm. how it works you decide what matters you decide all of that like I think this concept is just so like empowering that we don't have to be just like oh well I wait three days or I don't message first because that's how dating works we hear that Mm -hmm. all all the time. Yep. I like all the ones that you touched on because they're more behavioral and things that we can actually control. I was thinking like also of what's in and out. And I want to like throw this out as a prediction and I could be completely wrong, but I'll do it anyways. I think what's out for 2024 are traditional dating apps the way they are today. Oh, interesting. And what's in is more dating apps that cultivate in-person connection. And I think this this has been done before. I don't want to say it's a revolution idea it's certainly not but I do think that like we go in waves a lot of what's working and what's not and you know we've been hitting this inflection point for the last couple years like COVID clearly made everyone turn to online only primarily and then we've been hitting this inflection point where it's still hard to meet people out and about but everyone's getting increasingly frustrated with dating apps so I think this is the year that we'll see more and more adoption to some of these types of alternatives that still use technology, but aren't just swiping on people, Mm. that part. And I think we'll also see the Tinders, the Hinges, and all the big players out there, Bumbles, step up to the plate and get a little more creative too, because they'll have to, because what is currently working can't go on forever. And you know, I'm a huge proponent of technology on dating apps, but I do think there's we're in need of a shakeup. Like it just can't be like the same thing over and over again. It feels like insanity. So you're saying everyone's going to turn to LinkedIn to date. <laughs> Is that Maybe. the prediction? <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of those sites, like oddly, like, I mean, Instagram is clearly the lead here, but I do think people are finding other online ways to connect to people. I don't see that leaving anytime soon, but I think this notion of like swiping through people, like something's got to give. For sure. Yeah. We can't be doing the same thing over and over no. again, which is what we've been doing with the <laughs> dating apps. I'm also seeing just so many more communities community-based apps come up like local and um, fit date is another one even like player court which i know is not a dating app but a lot of people do meet people uh being matched up with a tennis partner oh okay i was like what is that you're like what's that yeah so just building community and and bringing people to do something like that is that they have in common IRL is going to be a huge trend. Now, my major question then is, can these dating apps integrate the function into their current platform or would they spin off and do something completely different? I don't know. I don't know. Curious. I mean, maybe it's time to bring back 500 branches. <laughs> Just saying. I was actually thinking about that this morning, Julie. I thought 
This is the perfect time it really for 500 is. Brunches. It really is. People are just craving it. So 500 Brunches was actually technically how UA and I met for the first time, yep. but it was the company that I started pre-datable. And the idea was like, how do you meet more people organically? Because I was in full transparency, frustrated by data gaps. The thought too was, okay, it can't just be dating or then you just get like a singles party meat market vibe. It needs yeah. to be just more organic where people meet again like they did in high school and college and through activities all all the like. So I think there is something to that. I will say there was part of the reason why I stopped doing it was that it was logistically very challenging. And like Grouper was yeah. another one that existed in SF in New York. I don't know if it was other places, but did you ever do that one in UA? Grouper? Mm-hmm. Okay, so you would like mm-hmm. go with Group like dating. three of your friends or two other friends and you and then you'd be matched up with another group of three. It's just the logistics were challenging with all of these. There's that element of it that dating apps swiping don't have to deal with. Well, that's why you start with a great idea and then you sell it to a big company <laughs> like Match. And they'll you put all the resources behind yeah. it for logistics. Because <laughs> that's not something for you to figure out on your own. That's just way too much. But I love the idea that you don't know who you're going to meet, one, but you know you're going to do something you love, which yes. is brunch. yes. So you're guaranteed to have a good time either way. What if you added the extra dimension that at least one couple in this group is deemed a perfect match, like the show? Oh, <laughs> I like Are you that. the one? But you don't know who it is. So you just have to figure it out during brunch. I love that. <laughs> I mean, I think like, you know, like, obviously, again, I'm going to say it again, because I do feel like it stands repeating. I am pro dating app. I have met two partners on dating apps. Yeah. That being said, I did meet a serious ex of mine through 500 brunches. And I didn't even know he was interested in me because I was just like living my life, enjoying myself in that. Like, I didn't realize I was flirting with him. Like, I remember him like saying something like, oh, I could tell you were interested in me and I'm like really like Like, I thought you were attractive but like beyond that like I wasn't expending any energy there but like because you're just in your natural state I think there is something to that where with dating apps you are showing up as like am I going to date this person? So that energy, I think, can also in 2024 be brought over to dating apps. That actually helped me with my current partners. I did have more of that energy when I met him than sizing it up because we had just talked to Jeff Harry, one of our podcast faves Mm -hmm. about making dating fun. You could actually, for those of you who are listening to this and think this is a great idea, why not start your own supper club? My friend Jen did this with some of her friends. And every week they go to a different place to eat and everyone has to bring a new friend. So you get to meet new people. It doesn't have to be about dating. It can just be about expanding your network. End of the day, we're all looking for a community. Yes. And within that community, you are able to find your person because you've already established this baseline of shared interests. So it's such a great fucking idea to do that. And back to like your thoughts on dating apps. I don't think anybody needs to be pro dating apps, but you don't have to be anti dating apps. Yeah. Like that makes no sense to me. You can say, I don't use the dating apps. That's fine. But if you're like, I hate the dating apps, why would you hate something that was created and designed to help you date? Yeah. That, come on. So, yeah, just like you can just say in 2024, I'm going to rely less on the dating apps, but it's still a great resource. 
I mean, I'm all for all of that, but I think that's why these dating apps need to do something because why people are getting in that mindset is because it's not yeah. working, right? And it feels like yeah. like there was a post in our Facebook group about how Hinge keeps <laughs> yeah, so, everyone behind the rows, you know. you know, like all the good people you have to pay for. And that yeah. do, that stuff does seem a little skeezy when you think about it. Like, I, again, I'm pro Hinge. I met my partner on it, but looking at that objectively, like that is kind of shitty. So like, I think dating apps need to figure out ways that authentically bring people together and that also could be monetized i think people will pay if it makes sense but actively keeping people apart it just distills that trust for sure yeah but you would not have been exposed to these people oh, yeah. before dating no. apps, so it's still better than the former. You gotta just take it with a grain of salt and not yeah. think that it's like it's another avenue. Like it's not like I need to give up this other thing. But anyways, we're excited to see what happens in 2024. What shakes up? Maybe we'll still be swiping in 2025. I hope not. Oh God. <laughs> Maybe they're going to be swiping up and down instead of left and right. Maybe that's going to be the biggest change. If someone rolled that out, they were like, (laughs) it's like when companies roll out like their new logo reveal and it literally looks like the same logo. And you're like, okay, thanks for the big announcement. That would be ridiculous if they're like, if Tinder's like, fuck the swipe left, swipe up. (laughs) (laughs) This is going to make dating great. Okay, well, we could go on all day. We got some really good ones in, but <laughs> from we might as well just get into it with Gabrielle because we really do go through yeah. state of the dating world and, you know, how do you play the game in 2023 slash now 2024? Yes. Okay, well, before we go into it with Gabrielle, at Dateable Podcast, that's where you find us. Instagram, TikTok, like you said, there's a video that's getting a lot of attention on TikTok. So come follow us. Don't know why. We need followers over there. But (laughs) (laughs) also, Big Dateable Energy, that is the new Facebook group. You can find us there. Search BDE, Big Dateable Energy, on Facebook, and you can join the group. Also, last announcement. We are still trying to hit that 1K. I sound like a broken record, but we are getting closer (laughs) and closer. If you've not yet dropped us a rating and review, please do so. It greatly helps us continue to get great guests like Gabrielle that we're talking to, be guests on their podcast, and also, you know, continue to bring you good guests for the next season. Yeah. Okay. Well, before we go into it, let's hear a message from our sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Via. We all know there are things that can help set the mood in the bedroom, but did you know a little THC could also do that? Yes, Via has developed a unique blend of pleasure-enhancing cannabinoids, libido-strengthening herbs, and a low dose of THC all into one mind-blowing gummy called High Love. This gummy, wow, it will awaken your senses, increase blood flow, and intensify any sexual experience. I've been pleasantly surprised by the high love gummies because it is just the right amount of THC for me to have a good time without feeling sleepy. And hey, if THC is not your thing, Via also offers a wide array of other gummies without it. And everything legally ships in 50 states with discreet packaging directly to your door. So if you're over 21, you can get 15% off and a free pack of award-winning Dreams THC plus CBN sleep gummies with our exclusive code DATEABLE at ViaHemp.com. That's V 
V-I-I-A-H-E-M-P.com. Let the gummies work their magic. Head to ViaHemp.com and use the code DATEABLE to receive 15% off and one free sample of their sleepy dream gummies. That's ViaHemp.com and use the code D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E at checkout. Take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from ViaHemp. This episode is made possible by Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out. Listen, I live in Southern California. There is absolutely no need for puffer coats or any sort of those winter jackets. But when I travel anywhere else in the world in these cold months, I'm often burdened with the task of getting winter clothes. And now with Armoire, I can just rent my winter wardrobe. It's brilliant. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash datable. That is armoire.style, spelled A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-A-T-E-A-B-L-E to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Okay, let's get to Gabrielle's episode. All right, y'all. Today is a fun one. I am joined by Yue and Julie, who host the Dateable podcast. And I brought them on and we were like, let's talk dating, let's talk relationships. And we ended up just shooting the shit and laughing our asses off the whole time. So I hope you guys do that with us. It was so much fun. Um, We covered so many different topics about modern fucking dating and like the bullshit that that brings along Um, and really just ridiculous stories from all of our lives. It's always fun when we get three people on the podcast. I don't do it often because it can tend to be hectic, but this was so well worth it and so much fun. And I cannot wait for you guys to hear this episode. So sit back and enjoy this, uh, this fun girl talk episode with the dateable girls. Julie and Yue, welcome to FML Talk. I'm very excited to get into this threesome today. How how the hell are you guys doing? I've never had a threesome on an afternoon, but for the record, I've never had a threesome period. (laughs) I love that you had this state that like, but actually I've never had one period. (laughs) Well, by this definition, we have them all the time, UA. But Well, I have had a threesome in real life, but I have not done a lot of threesomes on the podcast. So I'm excited to get into this today. (laughs) We are too. (laughs) So can you guys, one of you, give us a little 
little kind of rundown on what your guys' podcast is. I know we've done a podcast swap because I love the content that you put out on your show, but just give everybody a little bit of background on who each of you are and how you came to do the podcast together. Sure. I mean, at the most fundamental level, it's all about modern dating, but we realize modern dating bleeds into every other facet of your life, whether you're single in a relationship, you're coupled off, you're throupled off, whatever the formation <laughs> that you're in. It's about human relationships. So in the 16 seasons, we've been doing our podcast. Holy shit. We've really... Right? Yeah. Yeah. We started, we started in 2016. Yep. Wow, you guys, I'm on season five and I'm exhausted. Like, are you guys okay? <laughs> you know, dated content just never ends, is what we learned. Jesus. Never ends. That's We're impressive. barely alive. <laughs> yeah. But at least we can say we are totally different people now since oh, yeah. doing the podcast. We date totally differently. We do relationships totally differently. We look at love completely differently. Mm. So it's partly therapy for us and partly <laughs> entertainment. But our main message is you're not in this alone. Whether yeah. you're in or out of relationships, you're not in it. You're not in any of that alone. That's right. I love that. We like to call ourselves active daters turned dating sociologists. <laughs> nice. Because that truly is like what we're looking at is we're trying to understand why do we date the way that we do? And especially in today's world, you know, with technology, with just the abundance of options, it's a whole different game. And a lot of our thought patterns and the way we date are rooted back to the old way of doing things and more traditional norms. And it's a struggle sometimes to kind of unlearn your learnings, essentially. Of yeah. How do you start to figure out what do you really want and design the love life that you want versus what is it that you were told that you should want? Or how do you think love works? Like all this stuff, it's a constant unlearning. Totally. I totally agree. And I think sometimes of like the earlier generations that came before us, like I'll say things to my mom and she's like, what the fuck, Gabrielle? <laughs> and I'm like, no, this is actually like very common in today's society. But it's to look back at like, you know, some of those older ways of dating and doing relationships that you mentioned, it seems foreign and crazy to us to have to unlearn. Mm -hmm. So like, imagine mm -hmm. what it's like for our parents and Ugh. our grandparents that are like, you know, we, we were talking the other day about, you know, a potential gender reveal. And my mom was like, what the fuck is a gender reveal? Like, <laughs> I don't that's understand how you, what how do you people are fires. doing. Right. Like, that's exactly right. what she said. She was like, these fucking millennials, they're just out setting fires in the forest. Like, I don't understand. What are some of the key things like that comes up a lot when you guys are discussing the older ways of mm -hmm. dating and doing relationships that you need to unlearn because I'm really interested in that. This is like one size fits all approach. If you mm. look at any of the rom-coms from the 90s, if you look at uh, any of the relationship advice books, it's all the same advice. And it's always based on some sort of very heteronormative gender roles, mm -hmm. very binary rules. This is what you must do. You got to wait three days. You can't right. be the one to be reaching out first. And it just doesn't work for everybody. There's one size fits all approach. Also, the game playing is just yeah. so 
so from generations ago, it's like so antiquated, you know, game playing does not get you true love. Yeah, I totally agree. And in today's world, too, it's like no one has time for the games, right? There's a hundred people at your fingertips. If you're going to be playing the game, someone's moving on. They're not waiting to play this game. 100%. And what I always tell, you know, my girlfriends, because they'll always come to me for advice for better or worse. And I'm very (laughs) straightforward. Like I did the bullshit games in like high school and left them there after I graduated. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you guys, if you're doing the whole, oh, I'm going to wait for this person to text me and then I'm going to be coy and then I'm going to like maybe keep dating someone else to like make sure that they don't relax in the relationship. It's like by the time you're done playing all these fucking games, this person doesn't even like you. He likes this version of you. Yeah. created and presented to them. And then it's like, so now you're four months into the relationship and yeah, you've like technically bagged him and you're, you're in the relationship and you're like, yeah, I got him. But like, now you have to like start to show your true colors and be like, oh shit, well, this is yeah. actually who I really am. Do you like this person <laughs> yeah. too? It's such a You're mess. A con artist. We yes. actually talk about this all the time as people show their date selves. It's this mm. formulated version. And I think a lot of it is we think that that's the way that it works, right? right. We read the rules. Mm-hmm. We know the steps, but it doesn't work that way. You just end up being inauthentic. I remember for so many years, like my friends were just like, I don't understand. Like you're a social person. You get along with people. Like why is dating so difficult? Mm. But I was doing all these things like I'm not going to tell them I had a good time because I don't mm-hmm. want to be the first one. Right. It's like that, that's not how I acted in any other part of life. Like why was I doing this and dating? But yeah. you're told that's what you do and that's how it works. Yeah, I have a lot of friends that fit into that category as well. Like they put on the dating persona. Yeah. When I went on my first date with my now fiance. I mean, by the time this airs, he'll probably be my husband. <laughs> and when we went on our first date, I, first of all, didn't think it was a date. And so I showed up in like Lululemon leggings and a sweatshirt, no makeup on and proceeded to like word vomit about my exes for like (laughs) like the crazy situation that I had gone through for like the fucking whole two hours. And but like I was so raw and so authentic and I was like dropping F-bombs and like just like not giving a shit about how I presented. And that motherfucker left that date and was like, that's the woman I'm going to marry. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) love at first sight. (laughs) No, but that, that is so, you know, I think that is what it is, though. We present ourselves and it's not mm-hmm. the real version. Also, like rom-coms totally fucked us in the sense that it's an unrealistic expectation of what relationships are. 100%. Like Jerry Maguire, you complete me? Like, no, that's not yeah. true. Fuck that. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> like, also I'm going to start throwing some of my friends under the bus, but I won't name them for obvious reasons. But <laughs> <laughs> I had... I had this one girlfriend who was always like, I refuse to get on dating apps because I am going to bump into my significant other at a Barnes and Noble mm -hmm. while drinking a latte. And I was like, bitch, you are going to be reading a lot of fucking books because that's not how that shit happens. Sometimes, I mean, yeah, sometimes can really authentic, cute meets happen. Totally. Absolutely. But rom-coms fucked us up the ass because they were like, Mm -hmm. no, no, you don't have to get online to meet someone. You don't have to be set up on a blind date. Like you can casually be strolling and bump into someone locked 
eyes and realize, oh, I'm going to have babies with this person. Let's go. Like, it's not how it happens in real life. That's exactly the problem is that these rom-coms and these antiquated dating rules, they all focus on getting into a relationship. They don't focus on staying in a relationship. Right, right. So you romanticize the whole climatic way you're going to meet someone and that story you're going to tell your kids when you get married. But hello, how do you fucking stay in that relationship and have it be a sustainable, healthy relationship? None of these movies talk about that. Yeah, 100%. I think the other piece, too, is, of course, if you bump into someone at the grocery store and you have a wonderful relationship, that's fantastic. We're not going to undermine that. But what we see people do is they put so much weight on the how they met story that they actually don't look at some of the real red flags. Right. What we call the settling paradox. It's like they're so afraid to settle that they end up settling for bad treatment because Mm -hmm. of this meet cute or the good on paper qualities or whatever it is that we've been told is what makes someone a, a desirable partner. Yeah. Oh, my God. Case in point. So when I met my ex-husband who ended up cheating on me and like turned into like a Mm -hmm. horrible sociopath of a person. We bumped into each other at a club. I end up going over to his table with all of his friends and he looks at me and he's like, don't think this is weird, but is your name Gabrielle? And I was like, yeah, like weird. And he was like, I was in a night school class with you back in high school. And I remember when I saw the news about the boyfriend that I was with at the time, unfortunately passed in a car accident. He's like, I remember when I saw the news about your boyfriend and I wanted to like reach out to you. And I looked at your MySpace because it was that long ago. (laughs) And of course I'm sitting here going, oh my God, this is so endearing. Mm. And he like cares about my feet. Now I'm like, that's fucking stalker behavior. That's scary. Like what? That's weird. That's right. fucking weird. And so it's like but you're you like, get it's the- fate. <laughs> yeah, totally. You get those love goggles on and you're like, oh, but this right. is going to be such a cute story to tell our kids one day. No, mm-hmm. run, run. Well, <laughs> it's love conquers all. They'll fight for you. You know, all the stories we were told that when you actually translate them are kind of scary. What do you think right. about it? I want to circle back to the whole presenting as someone different because I have one, again, one friend who shall rename nameless. And <laughs> I still, till this day, will see her with her significant other. And I'm like, do you ever like show up as I know you? Because it's, and it's oh. the same as like, if she's at like a party or when she's around other people, it's like, the dial gets turned up and you know, like when you call people that you don't know, like if you're calling your kids school and you're like, hi, Mm. this is Mrs. So-and-so. And And it's like, that's not how you talk. You know, it's like, that's your customer (laughs) service voice. It's like, that is who presents whenever we're like in public settings or there's other people around. And then when it's just the two of us, it's like raw and authentic. And like, Mm -hmm. I'm like, does your boyfriend know that like there's two of you in there? Like, has he met the other one? It's kind of crazy to me how people can continuously do that, like beyond just the first few dates. And you've called her out. I have. (laughs) What did she say? What was her response? Just that it's like different energy and that it's, you know, a different energy with different people and that it's not, you know, something that's put on. It's just like her more you know, put together self. 
which that's, doesn't that's make really a ton of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, that's really I do interesting. See, I yeah. see how like we do all ha- we all have different sides, sure, but at the oh, totally. core, we're usually the same person. So, to me, that either means that you're adapting for some reason that you don't feel truly comfortable, mm-hmm. or you don't know yourself. You become like a dating right. chameleon, just merging to whoever. Yes, or it could I mean love that term, they're... a dating chameleon. <laughs> <laughs> it could also point to some red flags in the relationship, and I'll give yeah. you this example. So back to how Julie and I first met. We met in San Francisco. I had just moved there from years in Beijing and New York. And and Julie had been dating in San Francisco for most of her adult life. So we had a lot to talk about because there was a lot of compare contrast. And we were deeply embedded in the social scene in SF. And we would go out all the time. But I remember when I first started dating my current partner, there was an event that Julie and I would go every year. I brought him to this event. And at the end of this event, Julie's like, you're acting different. Mm-hmm. Like there's something different about you. And I remember in that moment, I was like, I think this means that I am not feeling comfortable in this relationship right oh, now. Yeah. It was bringing up a lot of anxiety and insecurity where I felt like I couldn't be authentically me. Right. So that was a great, I was so glad that she called me out because to me, that was such a great way to surface something that was that I wasn't even privy to in my own relationship. Yeah, I think that's such a good point that you bring up that different odd behavior that you don't normally identify with as your own behavior is often a time to look within and be like, okay, what could this possibly be leaning me towards? Like really investigate that because that's a huge flag to be like, oh, okay, like what could be going on? And it's usually a much deeper meaning than just like, oh, I had more energy tonight. And right, you know, right, right. I mean, this shit stems deep too, right? Like we've yeah. all been dating or, you know, in another life, like when you're coming together with someone, let's say you're meeting in your 30s, that's 30 years of mm-hmm. your history and their history. It's hard to just somehow unlearn that, especially with these bad dating books and these rom-coms and all the way that society projects love and relationships. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we don't even consciously know that we're doing things. 100%. Yeah. That's subconscious bullshit, man. Just like runs our life and <laughs> Until we recognize it. Um, So you guys have talked in the past about the difference between chemistry and anxiety is. And I'm interested to dig into that topic a little bit because I think it's really interesting because anxiety and excitement can feel so similar. Like the feeling Mm -hmm. of absolute dread and not wanting to do something is very parallel to the feeling of being so excited, like you're about to walk out on stage and like accept the biggest award of your life, which is Mm -hmm. confusing as fuck. You think like the universe would be like, let's make these two really important feelings feel a little more different, but no. (laughs) So what do you think is the difference between chemistry and anxiety? You bring up such a good point is that they are like kind of two sides of the same coin. So it is hard to know sometimes. Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to where is it coming from? Mm. A lot of times in dating, it goes back to our date self, right? We're trying to impress. We're trying to be liked. Is it coming from that? Like when you ask yourself when you went on a date, did they like me? Or is the conversation more around, did I like them? That's Mm. a very different dynamic of how you're approaching 
this date. So if right. it's coming from this place of validation and trying to win them over and be liked, a lot of times that's going to come from anxiety. But if it's genuine and you feel confident, like I remember when I first met my partner, I was in a really good place in my life that I was comfortable being single. I was okay with it. If that's what life was, it wasn't that bad. So when we first met, we had a really good time, but it was more the statement of, okay, if we see each other, great. If we don't, then I'll be okay. I'll move on. Mm -hmm. But when you're clung for that attention and, you know, reassurance through dating, a lot of times that's when you're staring at your phone, waiting for them to text. Yeah. That's when you're counting down the days. And I've been there before. So I remember this side very, very well. Yeah. And you're just expecting someone to do something opposed to living your life. And if they do it, then great. And it's almost this unsaid expectation that eats at you as you wait. Right. And I think that goes back to kind of like, if you're in a place where that person is adding to your life, it shouldn't feel like anxiety. You know what I mean? If like they're coming mm -hmm. in and you're like, I'm good, I'm solid, like I'm a fucking 10 out of 10. But if you want to come in and add to my life, great, let's do that and let's party. Then I feel like, it's more of the chemistry side. If you're not and you're looking for someone to kind of fill that void and you're like really desperate mm -hmm. to be in a connected relationship, then it's the anxiety side of the coin. And I feel like that's when people start to lean into the games and it's like, oh God, okay, well, he finally mm -hmm. texted yeah. me. Should I wait three days? Because it took him two days <laughs> to text me. And then like, <laughs> and it becomes this whole fucking shit show of just like giving each other the runaround instead of being straightforward. Right. I would argue that most chemistry felt by people stems from anxiety. Because really? when you look at when you, yes, when you question it from our research, I put that in air quotes because we've done <laughs> a lot of research with singles. We ask, oh, you felt chemistry with this person on your date. Why so? Oh, because he seems so mysterious because his life seems so elusive. I'm not sure when he's going to call me next or I'm not sure he was hard to read or she was hard to read. It, it was hard to understand if he or she liked me back. There was a right. lot of these question marks, which is what leads to anxiety. So yeah. therefore, we feel like that is where that chemistry comes from. It's from mm. that unknowing. Now, instead of chemistry, we should be looking for connection. Right. And you feel like when you come from a date and you say, I feel really deeply connected to that person, your friends may ask why. And you say, oh, we talked about something really meaningful for hours. Yeah. That's connection. That doesn't come from anxiety. We mm. focus so much on chemistry that yeah. we feel like if we don't feel the butterflies on a first date, you're not attracted. Yeah. And that's awful because it just means that you didn't get to a place of connectedness. Yeah. To feel any sort of chemistry. Yeah. I love that. And also like sometimes the butterflies are not like happy love butterflies they're like no. intuition like flap as hard as you can yes. so she yes. runs Run. away from this walking red flag yeah 100 percent. and all of the things you just listed like oh he was mysterious i don't really know if he liked me it was elusive like that all sounds fucking terrible like terrible you need to look at what if that's you you need to look at why you think those things are a good thing like there is nothing yeah. sexier than a man sitting down across from you and being like you seem awesome. I would love to call you after this. I'm going to call you after this. And like taking initiative and being very clear with like how he's feeling and where he's at so that you're not stuck playing a fucking guessing game. 
exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think you raised a really good point, UA, because like what I was talking about earlier, when you're at ease with yourself and you're coming into dating, not as, you know, a validation, but more as additive, oftentimes you aren't feeling chemistry. It is that connection. It's more of that calm. And that's because you're looking for that. You're turned off by the people that are playing these games. Like that isn't attractive anymore. Yeah, exactly. And that's like a very important place to get to. Even when my girlfriends call me and will like repeat some of the games that are going on, I'm like, why is this fun for either of you? Like, right. that sounds horrible. <laughs> like, you guys should this both just exhausting. like shake yeah. hands and walk away now. Like, call <laughs> it a loss early on. Like, let's not waste any more time, guys. <laughs> yeah, like, some I, of the qualities we describe people when we first meet someone and we describe why we're attracted to them. I would challenge you all to map that against an actual relationship. Would you want to use those same descriptors for your partner? Yes. Oh, he seems so mysterious. Would you want to be dating someone that you want to describe as mysterious? Right. Oh, he, his life is so busy. He's traveling all the time. Would you want to be dating someone who's traveling all the time and never home? It's like the things that we look for in early dating are not what we look for in a relationship. They don't map against each other at all. Oh, my God. That's such a good point. I hope everybody really hears that loud and fucking clear. And like with anxiety, too, I don't want to undermine actual anxiety because that is a very real thing. And I admit, like, I still get anxiety. I always in dating, I got anxiety if I was going to get like that text back or like Mm. the plans would happen. But the key is finding someone that doesn't give you that anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like from an early point, a big part of it was that I started to shift what I was looking for to focus on someone that was more consistent over like fun because those types of people end up being the ones that give you the anxiety and you think it's chemistry. Yeah. So that was a big part is shift what you're actually looking for in the first place. That doesn't mean you're sacrificing on other aspects. You're just paying attention more to how you feel with that. And also like I remember telling my partner that, okay, there's a lot of things. The one thing I have is texting. If I don't hear back for a couple hours, I do get anxiety. And he met me. He's like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'll be conscious of it. Yeah. So I think that we can't say that we're never going to have anxiety in dating. That might not be realistic, especially if you are someone that is predisposed to anxiety. Yeah. But it's how do you recognize it, manage it, and talk about it and look at what matters in a partner and who's going to bring it out or not. Yeah, 100%. The communication is so like half the time someone doesn't even know it's an issue. And if you just let them know, they can start to like do things to appease it if they're the right person for you. Let's hold that thought for a quick message. We are so excited to share with you our new podcast exit interview. Dates don't usually end with a satisfaction survey. And yet we rate everything in our lives from Uber drivers to local coffee shops. So why don't we do the same thing when dating? We're here to conduct the ultimate romance review featuring daters hungry for love who have agreed to call up old flames to gather honest feedback. Welcome to Exit Interview. He upgraded himself to business class while I was in economy. Wait, <laughs> wow. What? There's feedback that will make you cringe. She could be a little bit hard-headed, like not reading the writing on the wall. And feedback that will make you swoon. But she said that she had feelings for you. I had no idea. Really? <laughs> and maybe you'll learn a thing or two yourself about how you can be a better dater, lover, or partner. Obviously, like, knew I was going to learn something. I didn't expect this. Welcome to Exit Interview. 
Listen to Exit Interview on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. The whole not texting back and taking forever, like, I have girlfriends that do that, and I want to shake them. Like, if I don't answer (laughs) a text message in, like, an hour and a half to two hours, I'm dead and you should send someone to my house. (laughs) Like, I just don't get why people it's like, and you know, not to throw men under the bus, but men come up with like the stupidest excuses. And then women will be like, appeasing those excuses like, oh, he's been really busy. And he's had, (laughs) you know, like, tests at school and he had to take care of his mom. And, you know, it's been like really difficult at work. And it's, you know, when you're with the right person, they can be doing all of those things and like 10 others and still find time to text you throughout the day because they fucking want to. If they want to, they will. So stop excusing their minimum (laughs) fucking behavior, please. (laughs) We always say, we're like, you don't need to be your date's PR agent. Uh -uh. You don't need to sit there and justify Uh -uh. bad behavior. And I think that's why it's so important to get clear of what matters to you, because then you can at least objectively spot it and decide, okay, this isn't really what I want. Yes, absolutely. So let's, from bare minimum behavior, let's talk about situationships because I get <laughs> the DMs. Definition. <laughs> I get DMs about situationships all the fucking time. And people okay. are like, well, now I'm in a situationship. How do I make it a relationship? How do I like change now that it's already like five months in and he's comfortable mm-hmm. just having sex with me? So wh- how can we start to recognize like bare minimum behavior and taking off of those love goggles so we don't end up fucking ourselves in the long run. (laughs) I think first and foremost, you have to know yourself so well because so many of us suffer from what we call cool girl syndrome, CGS, where you're like in the beginning of getting into a situation ship, you're like, no, it's cool. Let's keep it casual. I'm not looking for anything serious. Let's see where this goes. If you know yourself well enough to know that none of your situationships ever end well, protect yourself from the beginning and say, let's, sure, let's see where things go. I do want to explore this, but there will be a point where we probably need to move this to out of a situationship into a relationship. I want to make that clear. It's not tomorrow, but it's eventually. So if your feelings change or you decide that you no longer want to take us in that direction, let me know. Let's keep each other updated. Situationships are this layover that people get stuck in and they can't find their destination. They're like, where's my next flight? I don't know. I'm just yeah. going to stay in this layover forever. And it's the worst situation, no pun intended, but it's the worst situation you can put yourself in because you're constantly in limbo and you are compromising your own needs to yeah. just come off as cool and chill. Yeah, which never... Yeah 
like works out for you in the long run. I love the, the, the analogy of having a layover. You're like, bitch, I was trying to get to Hawaii and I've been in fucking <laughs> yeah. Texas for four months now. Like the I'm same in Idaho. That is the definition <laughs> of a situation ship right there. I've been in Texas for four months now. <laughs> I love it. And I don't even know when situation ships became a thing. Like it used <sighs> to be, oh, we're dating. Mm. And then we friends like with benefits. We put a label on it. Right. I guess it's like the new improved version of friends yeah. with benefits. Because you were never friends anyways I think it's just got a label I feel like this has been around forever so UA and I we think one of the biggest problems in modern dating is what we call relationship chicken basically that no one wants to you know put themselves out there no one wants to show their cards make that move they're doing the exact opposite of what they actually want they want to have a monogamous relationship yet they're hedging their bets by dating 10 people at once to protect themselves with situationships no one wants to have that conversation because you fear that the other person is going to reject you or not meet your needs or not be there on the same page. But like we said, being in that layover is so much worse because you're now just living in a fantasy of a relationship and you're cutting yourself off to having an actual relationship. I don't know about you two, but I feel like anytime I've been in one of these situationships before they were called situationships, I was not open to actual people that would be a good partner. I was stuck on this person that wasn't giving me what I ultimately wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that we've talked a lot about this on the show before. When you're attracting those people, it's because you have those subconscious beliefs that Mm -hmm. your brain is trying to attract these people to play out those fucked up scenarios in different ways Mm -hmm. so that your brain can be like, see, see that belief that we think about like it's true. It's true. Instead Mm -hmm. of just healing that shit and attracting someone different and healthy. So I'm so right there with you on that. Yeah. Or it's that we're not really ready for a relationship. I remember when I was in a situationship, my best friend was just like, you say you want a relationship, but I don't think you do because you wouldn't be in this if you actually wanted a relationship. Yeah. And we just think it's the default that we're supposed to be in a relationship or it's something to fit in with our friends because everyone else is pairing off. Yeah. Maybe it's just getting clear that like you either don't want that right now or realizing that you have some work to do to heal some of this past stuff that's preventing you from being in an actual relationship. Yeah, absolutely. Agree with that. How would you guys give some tips on demanding your worth, whether it's like being stuck in a situationship or going into something new and really wanting to kind of set those boundaries to make sure you're being treated the way that you want to be treated? Well, the last thing you want to do is to abruptly ask, what are we doing? What are we here? (laughs) Are we just going to be like this forever? Because this happens. We build up that resentment because we haven't been communicating our needs along the way. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you blow up and ask, what are we? The ultimate question. So one of the biggest pieces of advice we would give people is keep people updated along the way. If you're starting to catch more feelings, let that person know. And if they're scared off by that, they were not right for you anyway. Thank you. Right, say right? again for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> you want someone who is aligned with your feelings, not mm-hmm. someone who you are scared to scare. I mean, you think that you have to walk on eggshells around because yeah. you don't want to scare them off. That's not the person you want to be with. Again, map that to an actual relationship 
would you want to be with someone like that? The second piece of advice we would give to people is when you have the conversation, start with the positive. You know, you, you're not demanding a relationship. You're saying, I really like spending time with you. Yeah, I mm-hmm. actually want to spend more time with you. And by doing that, I would love more of a commitment, like in the form of relationship where we currently are, it's undefined. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel anxious. It makes me feel uneasy, but I would feel so much more comfortable. And I think I could allow myself to like you even more if we had something defined. Yeah, simple. Yeah. And it comes from a place of love and not from a place of, hey, what are we doing here? Yeah, 100%. Honestly, I don't think it's demanding at all, right? Like the second yeah. you find yourself demanding, you're probably not in the right relationship right. or situationship <laughs> or whatever it is. I, I really think it's getting clear of what you want and not being the cool girl anymore or whatever is hiding your actual needs. Getting crystal clear. We like to call it, a you know, people say they're, t- they're taking a dating sabbatical when they get frustrated by dating. <laughs> we like to say, take a dating vacation, you know, yes. use that time intentionally. Don't just uninstall the apps, but get clear about what is it you actually want and how freaking awesome you are. Because, you know, if you start to believe that too, like we said earlier, you're not going to have the tolerance for these people that are not meeting you. And it's like shedding the date layer again. Like if you had a friend and they weren't, let's say they were flaking all the time on plans and you've been friends for a while, you probably would just talk to them about it. So why can't we do that with our dates? Like, even if we haven't been dating super long, it doesn't have to be a confrontation. It can just be a conversation. And we always are afraid to do that. We're like, we can't bring things up or we can't state what we actually want. (laughs) I was guilty of this for years that like I always thought it was like this big deal. So I would just like suppress it. And then Mm -hmm. you get resentful. But the more you can just say it and say it in a calm way that's stating what you actually want, then you see if someone can meet you. And if they can't, then you move on. You don't need to demand anything. Yes. Amen. It's like literally it just comes back to communication and ask Mm -hmm. for what you want. Give them a chance to meet that. And if not, thanks. Nice to see you. Goodbye. It's like very simple. Someone else will. Yeah, that's right. Next. That's right. Okay, so you guys have been doing this podcast for 16 years, which is shocking to me season not 16 years sorry sorry 16 seasons you're like thanks we'd be real legit if we were 16 we started when we were 10 (laughs) 16 seasons so I can imagine that you would have at least one kind of outrageous or ridiculous dating story does any come to mind and I'm sorry for putting you on the spot I hate when people are like can you give us a time and I'm like oh god but do you have any like kind of ridiculous dating stories I have one that comes to mind great so take it away Julie go no actually we first started doing this more as dating stories and we realized that people always thought their stories were more interesting than they really were and we pivoted more to like talking about topics that are more applicable to all. But but there was one that does stand out to me that actually happened to a friend of UA and I's. And she went on this date and it was a second date. So they'd already met each other. I know which one. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) They already knew each other. But, you know, it was already off to a bad start. I remember actually being with her that day and it was around five o'clock. She hadn't heard from him. No confirmation where they were going. It was this loose plan. 
you know, like when if you have a date, but do you have a date? It's very right. confusing. Right. Where it really doesn't need to be. I don't know why it's so hard. <laughs> Anyways, she already kind of went in being like, oh, I'm annoyed by this guy, which is also a not a great place to be when you're starting off a date that way. Eventually, he came through with a plan, and it was to go to a corn dog festival at this, like, what would you call it? Like, it was like street, like, like outdoor, a, yeah. Food yeah, truck like place. Food truck okay. place, yeah. Okay. So it's outdoors, which is key to the story. So anyways, she goes to the corn dog contest or whatever it was, already annoyed, already like this guy took forever to come up with a plan and this is his plan. We're going right. to eat corn dogs. Anyways, she goes, <laughs> they're sitting, eating their corn dog and she can like feel that, you know, it's not going super well. Like there, she's annoyed by him. It's just not driving super well. But anyways, he goes to the bathroom and I remember texting her being like, how is the state? And she's like, oh, it was okay. I don't know. It's not the best. He's in the bathroom right now though. So I got to go. And then like 20 minutes later, she texts me back and she said, he never came back from the bathroom. Mm. He basically just what we call nah. bathroom bailed. And because it was an outdoor venue that there was no like wait, like he didn't have to oh come back God. through a door. <laughs> and then he eventually <laughs> texted her and was just like, we both know this isn't a match. So I left. Whoa, <laughs> what a dick move, dude. I was like going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, did he eat a bad corn dog? Is he shitting his brains right, out in right. the bathroom? What a dick <laughs> move. Like, just be like, hey, yeah. let's yeah. wrap it up. This isn't working, right? Like, he, she wasn't super into it. It was clear. Right. Just come back and talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Another married. No, <laughs> shut up. Oh. <laughs> Can you that would imagine? Be amazing. Yeah. People, <laughs> people, are, people are out there looking for their cute meat and they're just like, just, just keep going. You might end up at a corn festival and it'll be fucked from the beginning, but then you'll be married. And then he'll leave you. It's the bathroom. Everyone's like, wait, you're going to the bathroom? Are you going to come back? Yeah, can I go with you? (laughs) Oh, my God. She's like, I now have abandonment issues anytime we're in a public place. Great. Right, right. Yeah, nobody can ever go to the bathroom in front of me. Um, Oh, my God. I love it. That's great. That was was a really great. That was the one I was thinking of, too, Julie, right away. Uh, Always that one. But I think... uh, Another standout episode that we did. So we we did one episode with a woman who was dating someone who was into diapers. So this guy had a diaper fetish. Right, wait, I'm, so so she, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> he what? he really liked women wearing diapers. It like really turned him on. And she this was her first time encountering oh. this. So we well, interviewed yeah, her and kind I would of hope her. So. <laughs> It was her experience. It was very lighthearted and also just like fascinating hearing from her perspective. And after that episode airs, we get an anonymous email from a guy saying, I want to tell my side of the story as someone with a diaper fetish because she told it from the receiving end. I like to explain why oh, I have a diaper fetish. My God. Not the same. So, not the same. Not guy. the same this guy. Not, not the okay. same guy. Which so this is like multiple great. fucking weird people out there. Okay, great. Oh, Good to know. We get messages all the time all the for time. people. Like, I don't know oh, yeah. if we're just coming up first in SEO for diaper fetishes, but we always get oh, yeah. messages for people. Oh, my God. How do you we last a 16 years? Okay. Dead, Thank you, dead. diaper 16 fetish. 16 years. We've oh, known. Yeah. <laughs> so we have him on the show because we're like let's do it right? right and he's at the time we didn't use video it was just all audio he didn't want to give us his name or anything like that 
but we get on the call with him and he sounded fucking hot. I like, I, you know how some people just have a really hot voice. Yeah. Me and Julie were doing the recording together and we're like, damn, this sounds hot. Oh my God. And we're having this conversation with him. He like works in finance, totally (laughs) normal upbringing. He's like, I was not, I'm not your typical, like someone with a a kinky fetish. um, That's not kinky. That's fucking weird. (laughs) I'm sorry to be judgmental, but like, and I need to know so many details. Like, do they like you to be naked in the diaper or is it like, I want, I want you to wear it under your clothes. So no one else knows shit. Like we have a full episode if you want to listen to it. I'm there's definitely there's many different degrees of a diaper fetish. His preference was just, you know, like once a quarter that his fiance would put on some diapers and walk around the house. She could be like doing chores or just like sitting there watching TV. It really turned him on. And he can actually remember the first time he saw something like a commercial on TV when I was a, when he was a kid and it was a spoof or something and a woman was wearing a diaper and it really turned him on. He was like really into it. I wish listeners so could see Gabrielle's face right now. I'm so <laughs> horrified right now. So his, I mean, his only thing was like, I'm not trying to fuck her in a diaper. I just really enjoy seeing her, the aesthetic <laughs> of watching my fiance walking around in a diaper. We get off that call And Julie and I had such like a real conversation. (laughs) We're like, okay, if we meet the man of our dreams (laughs) and he's normal in every aspect and he has like a great family, a great job and he's hot. And all he wants us to do is just wear a diaper like once a quarter. I fucking do it. I will put on a fucking diaper for him. We both said that in unison. We're like, "Ah, maybe it's not that bad anymore because we get one in the same way that you did. Oh, my God. Okay. well, the the first thing that it makes me think about not to go too dark is like, does he have kids and like, does he change their diapers? And like that? I don't know. It's just Mm. a little creepy to me that it's like he does someday. I mean, that's a little worrisome to me. I've never I've heard some weird shit that might top it for me. I mean, does <laughs> did he say if he liked them to like use the diaper? Did he want them to like Mm-mm. soil the diaper? No, he didn't. Just, but some people do. Yeah, yeah. Some people do. Yes. He just liked the <laughs> aesthetics of looking at a woman in a diaper. Gabrielle's facial expressions are (laughs) killing me right now. Killing me. I'm so disturbed, you guys. Oh my God. What a way to fucking end this episode. Okay. Can you guys tell everybody, tell everyone where the diaper episode exists. Tell everybody where the podcasts are and where they can find each of you on social media, please. (laughs) Well, you can always go to our website. It's datablepodcast. It's dateablepodcast.com. And you can search for diaper fetish part one and diaper diaper fetish part two. I'm dead. Or put it into Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. That at Datable Podcast. We no, I was gonna say we don't have a video. I thought we maybe did, but he wouldn't let us do any videos. But we made other videos. videos. No, I can no, see we can why it, I guess. <laughs> oh my god, unbelievable. And what is your personal oh. social media so people can come find you guys as well? So you can find us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast, and that links out to our personals. And we have a very small following on TikTok. It's also at Dateable Podcast. You can just go on just to laugh at how small our following is. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. And I am petitioning to get a diaper video posted in the near future. (laughs) 
We will reenact it with you. Just for you, (laughs) Gabrielle. Thank you. Thank you for being here, guys. (laughs) Thanks, Gabrielle. I want to thank UA and Julie so much for coming on. Make sure if you guys loved this episode, go check out their podcast, Dateable. I did a guest spot on their show a while back, which was also wildly fun. So you can go search for that. Um, And it's just a fun show that they have, I mean, obviously tapped into the horror stories of dating and relationships and all of that bullshit. Um, So if you are loving all of that type of content, head over to their show and check it out. I hope you guys laughed along with us and I will see you all next week. All right, FMLers, if you don't want to miss an episode, make sure to follow on your favorite podcast app. And if you're loving the show, drop us a five-star rating and leave a review. You can keep up with me on Instagram at Gabrielle Stone or the podcast page at FML Talk Podcast. For all the merch and books signed personally by me, you can shop the FML line on eatpreyfml.com. And as always, have a fucking self-love cocktail on me. Cheers. The Dateable Podcast is part of the Frolic Media Network. Find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram at Dateable Podcast and visit datablepodcast.com for access to all the episodes in our premium programs. Also, make sure to subscribe today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform so you are the first to get all the latest episodes. And most importantly, stay dateable. Stay dateable.